Welcome back to the Roster Up Podcast. I got my man Jeff here. Jeff, how we doing? Cody, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to preview the Ravens. Don't want to talk too much about last year. That was that was tough to go through, but excited to be here as always. We've been we've been hanging out a little bit beforehand and uh, having a lot of dad talk. We can ju- we can just talk about kids instead. <laughs> yeah, make it a, a dad like a the fathers podcast. We could come up with a good name for that. Uh, All around dad podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> I think so. I think that worked out pretty well. We would definitely get some downloads and lessons. I don't know if uh, it would be too Raven specific. We could we could show some football there. Yeah, um, mix it in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, dude, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, obviously, you run the uh, Ravens podcast here at Roster Up Media. We want everybody to go check you out. Um, and honestly, uh, great follow on Twitter as well at Raven Up Pod. I know you've gotten some uh, retweet tweets. What, what was your offseason like? Hollywood Brown. You got yeah, Lamar that- one time. I don't think we've had Lamar yet. We've had Hollywood. Uh, we've had uh, fourth round rookie corner uh, Pepe Williams uh, retweeted us. We've had a couple of different ones. Uh, Patrick Queen, I think, gave us a retweet. So, yeah, to always try to get some good action, good interaction. Want to hype the guys up and uh, always good for the numbers. So shout out to shout out to all the players that are listening to this. Really appreciate you guys. That's that's what I'm hoping for over here, just to catch a little bit of that. <laughs> um, no, always entertaining. Uh, you guys go check him out at the Raven Up Pod after we're done here. You'll be able to find a show link uh, below in any off-season podcast that happened. Uh, I have a social link below. But, you know, without further ado, man, let's get into it. And uh, we'll just try to spend a couple minutes. We've been previewing uh, every, every team over here on the podcast. Uh, around the league podcast so spend a couple minutes kind of reviewing 2021 i won't put you through too much pain but you and i were talking about physical pain earlier in the ravens injury history man that that almost completely sums up 2021 to me and the last couple years uh i know you had a couple neat metrics uh that uh we were discussing beforehand so uh i mean kind of what are your is for starters is that something where was there any turnover like with their um staff in regards to this amount of injuries it's just some of the craziest injuries i've seen and just an insane amount of volume like you were running like jv players out there in the secondary last year yeah it was not fun and just thinking back is is not fun at all it really <laughs> felt like it wasn't real life the season and we're just talking about injuries now but then between the injuries the guys who were going down with season ending injuries and then just like some of the crazy games they played in it didn't feel like it was a real season but um to answer your question yes uh they did have i believe a couple of new staff come in on like the um sports science and like medical front they also um john harbaugh talked a lot about they've really changed a lot of their off-season workouts like they won't go in pads for three days straight early on they've uh, not gonna have any joint practices with other teams or things like that so they really did a ton of research it seems like into how are we gonna keep our guys healthy and uh, like it was just such an issue last year you had guys going down in uh, training camp you had guys going down in preseason injuries and then leading up to week one it was it was literally I think it was back-to-back plays where I remember I was sitting at work and the tweets come out and it's like, boom, Gus Edwards tears his ACL. And of course this was, this was already after Dobbins tore his ACL a week, a week prior in Washington preseason. And then right after Gus Edwards tears his ACL in a practice, Marcus Peters. Oh yeah. Torn ACL back-to-back plays. I'm pretty sure Harbaugh like canceled the rest of practice that day. He was just like, all right, we're done. (laughs) We're done. Two ACLs (laughs) blown out back-to-back plays. So it was just crazy, man. It was just, um, 
guys were going down left and right. The running backs, the secondary, we're getting more into it. But yeah, so they've they've tried to re-ramp some things. What'll be interesting is a lot of those guys are still coming back. So um, Marcus Peters, I think just he just came back to practice this week. Dobbins is back. Gus Edwards is on his way back. Hopefully Stanley gets back soon. So yeah, the the injuries themselves, they just they got. They started started early in preseason, and then as the season went on, you lost some secondary guys like Deshaun Elliott. The Steelers game, they lost Marlon Humphrey, and that was one of the games that came down to the two-point conversion, which many did. But I think Harbaugh was like, we don't have any other corners. If we go to overtime, we're, we were throwing out like linebackers out there, cornerbacks, so you go for two, doesn't work out, and it's just kind of the story of the season. But um, yeah, it was not a fun injury you know, injury wise season, the, the numbers in it's adjusted games lost. They had the highest amount of adjusted games lost in the football outsiders database. So the entire database, basically no other team in the history of the database had had that many amount of injuries lost from guys to season ending injuries. So not fun, but a little bit of the positive spin is that on, let's say on December 1st, it was probably like week 12, week 11, any idea who the top team in the AFC was, if you had to guess? I don't know, maybe like the Bengals, they went to the Super Bowl, or uh, the Bills were pretty good. Any, any idea? No, it was the Ravens. The Ravens were sitting at like 8-3 and three come like December 1st, so they found a way to win all these crazy games, like I was saying. Um, and yeah, they, they played really hard with a bunch of backups, guys you had no idea who they were, and then unfortunately just kind of ran out of gas at the end. Tyler Huntley comes in for the Mar last few games and just lose a bunch of close games. And um, yeah, it's just kind of the story of the season. Again, it just didn't feel real. You had season ending injuries. You had 66 yard game winning field goals. You had the, the crazy chiefs game early on. And it was just this insane season that we were in the hunt for, you know, the whole season. Like I said, they were sitting at the top seed in the AFC, you know, in December and then in the wild card. And then ultimately just obviously kind of flamed out, but yeah, mm-hmm. just even just talking about it, man, it was like, it was it was tough to watch each game. You just never knew what you were in for. You knew it was going to be crazy, but and then and then the season it just it just ended, and then we're like, all right, let's get healthy. So so here we are. Yeah, I mean, even last year, any, anytime you're rolling out a fantasy lineup and you had a wide receiver against the Ravens in December, you knew it was money. It was just unreal how they literally. I uh, didn't have anyone out there. And, you know, too, you mentioned some of those running back injuries. Justice Hill was the other one that went down mm-hmm. in back-to-back days after um, after Gus did. So uh, re- really just like a true bizarre um, anomaly uh, down there in Baltimore. So we'll kind of see what happens this year. I mean, I would love to see them healthy. Uh, they, were, they really looked like a Super Bowl contender. They looked uh, solid. Uh, and what was odd too, um, and you know, Jeff, when we previewed last year, I remember we were talking about the 2020 offensive line getting hurt and really struggling, and we had to see improvements there. And there was no way that the offensive line um, struggled as much as it did in 2020, just due to the amount of injuries. And it just seemed to happen again. You know, knock on wood, there's, you know, there there can't be a threepeat of this kind of craziness. So uh, as we kind of shift on towards uh, 2022, um, I kind of want to touch on the off season. Any uh, the additions, draft picks, a lot of this kind of you covered uh, some during the off season. You know, we we had a uh, draft recap. We previewed the draft. Just talked about off season additions and everything for a lot of the teams. Uh, you gave us a good deep dive on Kyle Hamilton post draft. Thought that was. Uh, 
really interesting to hear your thoughts on that. But I just kind of want to know what was your favorite offseason addition? Could be a resigning. I know a couple of the lines guys when I interviewed them, they they uh mentioned a couple of resignings that were positive impacts from a culture standpoint, um, along with like a good impact player. Uh what what do you think really uh impacted you guys uh, from an offseason standpoint? So I have to go back to the offensive line. You just talked about how important it was, and there wasn't great play there the past few years, really, since Lamar's MVP season. So not a flashy or not a huge signing, but Morgan Moses over there at right tackle uh, coming over from the Jets. Um, I remember when it happened, I think I, I reached out to the Jet Up crew and said, hey, who who are the Ravens getting when in Morgan Moses over there at right tackle? And again, not flashy, not like a, he's probably not going to be a pro bowler or all pro or anything, but um, just dependable, reliable was, you know, the sort of words that you hear uh, describe Morgan Moses. So that's that's what the Ravens need. Uh, their tackles were just a revolving door last year with it was Ronnie Stanley who tried to come back, played week one and then was out for the rest of the year. That meant uh, they had signed Alejandro Willanueva uh, to play right tackle. They moved him over to left tackle. So then right tackle then just became a revolving door. So as you said, knock on wood that the, the line will be healthier this year, which will hopefully mean Ronnie Stanley is back holding it down a left tackle, which would be great. And then Morgan Moses is going to be able to hold down the right tackle spot. Just really dependable. He's been super durable. I think he's, he's only missed like one game over the past like six or seven years in the NFL, which is just crazy for an offensive lineman, especially I think he's, maybe in his low thirties. He's not young, but super dependable. And honestly, that's just the sort of player the Ravens need. They don't need him to be a pro bowler. They need him to be there each and every Sunday, um, holding down the fort, making sure that Lamar isn't facing pressure off the edge, every snap, open up some holes in the run game. So it's not a huge pick. It wasn't, you know, headlines on ESPN or NFL when the Ravens signed Morgan Moses, but they just needed a really dependable, um, tackle that could also possibly provide some insurance if Ronnie Stanley isn't healthy, but um, hopefully again, hopefully he's healthy and then uh, Moses can hold down the right side. So I love that signing. And then just one other one real quick, uh, Marcus, Marcus Williams, it, safety wasn't really, it's, it's funny because a couple, couple of auditions are safeties and it wasn't a huge need, but they go out, they sign Marcus Williams. It's like a five-year, $70 million contract, so pretty good money. But I think he can really uh, be that kind of ball hawk on the back end that the Ravens have really lacked over the past few years. Um, I think he's going to come in. Mike McDonald, new defensive coordinator, um, is going to really use him well, in addition to Kyle Hamilton. So safety isn't this you know huge need offseason-wise, and then the Ravens go out and kind of reshape their secondary by adding um, some really versatile players and Marcus Williams, and then Hamilton will be able to be – uh, used all around the field and then they still kept Chuck Clark. So seeing a lot of teams go more of that three safety look, I think, which the Ravens will really mm -hmm. do, but um, love the, love the offensive line. Got to protect the Mar. And obviously we know how important our run game is. And then um, yeah, really liked the, the Marcus Williams signing. I think that could be, could be pretty, pretty underrated there on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of let's lead into 2022 and talk a little bit more about the defense before we transition to the offense. Uh, what are you looking for from a defensive standpoint this year with the amount of turnover, um, including guys getting healthy? I know uh, last year when you guys hit that uh, skid after um, uh, Marcus Peters went down, uh, Lamar went down and that was the uh, biggest reason you guys were unable to find success down the stretch. But, you know, Peters was a big part of that secondary as well. Cause once he went down, there was just uh, nothing there. Are you, let's say something does ha happen. 
do you have a higher expectation in terms of the depth that they have there? Like overall, from a defensive standpoint, let's say these guys are healthy. What are you expecting? And the reason I ask this is throughout 2019 and 2020, you guys had one of the best point differentials in the first quarter of games. Last year, that was down to minus three. And teams could just come out and just bomb it down the field on you. Mm -hmm. So defensively, if you can get back to um, an improved point differential early in the game and I know you guys like to run the ball. That's part of what increased your pass rate last year. Yeah. Um, how impactful is that defense? What are truly your expectations just from a performance bounce back standpoint as well? Yeah. So if you're talking about the Ravens, man, you're talking about defense, right? That's what mm -hmm. Baltimore does. So um, it's huge. They, they actually fired kind of just parted ways kind of mutually with uh, Wink Martindale, who's now up there with the Jets as their D coordinator. So he had been in Baltimore for four years as their coordinator and then a handful of years on staff. So he had been there for probably a better part of 10 years. But um, as you mentioned, uh, that pass defense was just terrible last year and it had kind of run its course. So in comes mm -hmm. Mike McDonald, uh, who had formerly been on the Ravens st defensive staff. He actually went to Michigan for a year, played uh, or coached with uh, Harbaugh's brother, Jim, really turned around that defense, led them to the playoff, coached up uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo, who the Ravens ended up drafting in the second round. But uh, Ravens see that, need a coordinator, they bring him back. So I'm really excited to see what Mike McDonald mm -hmm. can do on this defense. Uh, he's a really bright, uh, young mind. I think he's actually the youngest defensive coordinator, maybe even coordinator in the league. So really young, sharp guy. But yeah, the defense is super important, man. That's secondary. I think we'll be in a better spot this year. I mean, the Ravens deal with cornerback injuries every year, it seems like. So I'm not even going to pretend like they're not going to deal with injuries this year. But obviously, it starts with Marlon Humphrey coming back healthy. Mm -hmm. Same with Marcus Peters. So you have those guys. But I do think they are a little bit um, in a better position to address that depth issue. They drafted a couple of rookies this year, I believe both in the fourth round, uh, Jalen Armour Davis from Alabama and then uh, Pepe Williams from Houston. So I think they have those, you know, kind of mid-round picks. For, they're probably not going to play a ton early on, but when pressed, if, if needed, you know, they could come into action. And the Ravens didn't even have – they would have loved to have two fourth round rookies last year who could have come in during those injuries. They just had nothing. Mm -hmm. um, they also signed Kyle Fuller from the Broncos uh, last year, kind of play in the slot. Maybe didn't have an amazing year, but again, this in this position, if everyone's healthy, he can kind of play that like third, third, fourth corner role. So yeah, I think they're in a better position this year. They have some rookie uh, depth that they can rely upon, also some veteran depth. And then um, Brandon Williams was a third-round safety last year. They kind of converted him to cornerback and um, really kind of used him as a matchup piece, maybe more with running backs and tight ends. So, yeah, it starts with the corner. It starts with the secondary. And then, as I mentioned, though, I think really their safety play is going to be really beneficial with adding Marcus Williams on the back end, as you mentioned the turnovers just the Ravens barely generated any turnovers last year. I think they might've even been last uh, in the league in uh turnover differential. So that'll be huge. Marcus Williams knows how to get his hands uh, on some passes. And then, yeah, you still have Chuck Clark. You have Kyle Hamilton back there. So yeah, it all starts with the secondary. Um, the one, the one question I would have, if there is a question, it would, it would be their, their pass rush. So they did draft Odafe away last year in the first round. He finished mm -hmm. with five or six sacks, pretty solid year, had some uh, impact plays early on, but the Ravens are really counting on him to take a big step forward because after him, there's not much there. There's Justin Houston. Um, as I mentioned, they drafted Ojabo. He's coming off a torn Achilles though. Probably not going to be healthy if at all, maybe December. So there, there are some questions for sure at the pass rush, but again, kind of relying on a defensive coordinator to scheme up some good looks, scheme up some blitzes for us to get to the quarterback. So, um, 
have some questions on the on the on the edge pass rusher kind of role. Need to see what that looks like. But Ravens, the Ravens are hoping Odafe away takes that next step, can turn into that like double digit sack guy. Maybe they get something out of Justin Houston or uh, Jabo kind of later on. And then they're hoping hoping their defensive line can continue to hold down the fort and just really turn teams into that uh, you know one dimensional. If they can stop stop the run, make a pass. Um, it's kind of what the Ravens have obviously done for many years and had success doing so. Yeah. There's the defense couldn't have gotten much. It, it was terrible last year. Things couldn't have gotten much worse. So um, yeah, I'm really interested to see again, watching a new defensive coordinator um, kind of take the reins in and seeing, seeing what he can do uh, with some healthy players, some added pieces in free agency, and then some early draft picks as well. To your point about the turnover margin, um, you know, you guys were minus 11 and turnover differential. Now I know uh, a lot of that, seemed to happen as well when Lamar went down. Um, you were all also, I believe, uh, minus 23 in sack differential. Now, some of that comes with naturally having potentially a couple running quarterbacks and then an inexperienced young quarterback and uh, uh, Tyrone Huntley, I believe I was saying that correctly. So, uh, I mean, flipping that, that naturally should uh, improve even if it comes up to a league average from being uh, bottom three in the league. So I think there, along with uh, some defensive improvement, uh, that should naturally uh, raise the floor of the Ravens, mm -hmm. you know, relative to what was going on towards the end of last year. But, you know, uh, you guys had had more turnover in the offseason as well. So you lost Hollywood Brown, uh, Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be really solid for you guys. Very talented. Mark Andrews is uh, a pretty massive target in the offense. When I look back at uh, – some of those changes from an offensive standpoint, that tells me you guys are looking to get back to that top five run rate that you had. You were first in 2019, second 2020, and in uh, run rate, specifically early down run rate. So that kind of tells me, okay, you guys are looking to get back to that. Rashad Bateman should be enough on the outside. You guys are very, very thin at the skill positions outside of, uh, you know, your uh, outside of the tight end room, which I get the system is built for that. What are your thoughts for, on those skill positions? Yeah. So you said it, the Ravens are going back to their 2019, mm -hmm. you know, they go 14 and two, they run all over body. The bar wins the MVP. Um, his receivers that year when he won MVP, it was Hollywood Brown rookie year. I think it was Willie Sneed. Um, there was, oh there was yeah. uh, miles, miles Boykin there. And then there was like one other uh, Seth Roberts, I think. So, I mean, I can't even come up with those names. That was only a couple of years ago. <laughs> and the Mar won MVP with those dudes, which is just insane. But I would say the Ravens wide receiver room, it is in a better position than it was that year, but you're right. There's a bunch of unproven guys behind Rashad Bateman. So you got uh, Devin Duvernay, you got James Prochet, Tylan Wallace. Um, I'm waiting for them to sign a veteran wide receiver. I think they will. You know, as you mentioned, the Hollywood Brown trade comes out during draft night. The Ravens pick up an extra first round pick. Everyone's thinking, what wide receiver are they taking? Well, the whole draft goes by. They don't take one wide receiver. And then obviously they had several months to sign one in free agency. Still haven't addressed it, really. If I had to guess, I do think they sign a veteran. I'm kind of waiting on like a, a, a Will Fuller signing. Um, he's out there. I think they need that deep ball threat because a lot of people don't really realize with how Lamar finished last year with being hurt and just kind of he didn't he didn't play his best down the end of the season. But the beginning of the season, Lamar's like his deep his deep passing, the Ravens like downfield passing attack um, was, was making some noise. He had Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He would, he would hit Hollywood for a couple plays. There's a couple long touchdowns he had. And 
I think for the Ravens to be like the best version of themselves and for the Ravens to be a Super Bowl contending team, they have to be able to show that and they're not going to light the world on fire and the Mars not going to lead the league in passing yards or anything, but they need to be able to consistently move the ball downfield through the air when needed. And as you mentioned, I think Rashad Bateman will put up similar numbers to Hollywood Brown last year, mm-hmm. but they're kind of lacking that like deep threat. I think Bateman's a good all around guy. If they sign like a Will Fuller or someone who can stretch the field a little bit and give the Mar that deep target, I think that's what they're missing. As you mentioned, Mark Andrews uh, did lead. He led the NFL at, uh, all, he led all tight ends and receiving yards last year. So people forget like, okay, yes, their wide receivers are terrible, but they also do use Mark Andrews basically as a wide receiver a lot of times. So mm-hmm. um, yes, the wide receivers, I, I'll fully admit they're, they're that wide receiver room. It's hard to find a worse room than those guys, but I do have confidence in them. A couple of them are, you know, third, fourth round picks over the last few years have some potential and let's see what they can do. But I am kind of waiting for that maybe veteran siding over the next few weeks here to get them up to speed. So yeah, it'll be, Again, the the offseason kind of storyline has always been like, can Lamar continue to develop as a passer? It we're we're gonna find out. And the Ravens aren't doing them any favors by their weapons, but we've seen them have success, as I mentioned, back in 2019. And they're kind of going back to that formula, you know, building the line, getting the running backs, and providing them with some tight ends. Um, Isaiah likely, he was a fourth round rookie, uh, fourth round pick this year out of Coastal Carolina, kind of a not super well known pick, but he's been all of reports out of camp have been like really positive on him kind of using him maybe as like a big slot kind of tight end receiver. So we'll see what he can bring to the Ravens offense, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. We're kind of going back to that. Okay. The Ravens might have one receiver that finishes with like 900, a thousand yards and that might be it. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, even if they end up with a more balanced attack overall, I mean, they've just been on on the two extremes. So mm. they were they're run heavy. We talked about that top three run right there for a couple of years. That's what got them the wins. Uh, we saw Lamar develop as a passer last year as a product of um, development. We saw him throw the ball more early in the season. I mean, let's not forget Lamar was throwing the ball a lot early in the season when the Ravens were the number one team in the NFL. Uh, they actually had they were the uh, the six most pass heavy team in the NFL last year. Uh, and the back half of the year was a lot of that was due to the injuries we've discussed. I mean, not to beat a dead horse there, but they were mm-hmm. throwing the ball at a yep. high rate while being the number one team in the NFL. I think that's what people forget is he did actually take pretty solid strides. Yeah, the wheels fell off. But we saw that when they are throwing the ball at a fairly high level, and when they're throwing it against heavier boxes, heavy heavier defenses, because they have such heavy packages, he found a lot of success. And also that yep. running back room was so terrible. Their efficiency dropped to actually bottom three in the NFL on third down run. So, I mean, what else would you want the guy? I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I we talked about this before the show. Lamar is controversial without being controversial. Yep. Like, I don't know what more people want from him. He's a, a freak athlete that, took significant strides as a passer with an offensive coordinator that tries to kind of um build uh things around him so he he can be uh uh, most efficient so he he can consistently be efficient and also improve you know so i i mean even a balanced attack man i mean are you looking for that those extremes again 
No, we don't want extremes. And one thing that I will, I will totally eat my words. I was so wrong last year. I think, I think we had recorded, or I, I can't remember when we recorded, but I was very much like, okay, we lost Dobbins. That sucks. We lost Gus Edwards. That sucks. Justice Hill. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we're going to be fine because the Ravens, we run the ball. But I was so wrong, man. Like Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, they had Le'Veon Bell at some point. I think he's like, boxing dudes now like i don't even like i don't <laughs> i think even during the season we cut him and then he went like uh, it was just bad i really thought that because of the ravens offense their scheme and what the market bring to the table that their running game would be fine but it was not man it was it was bad and i was totally wrong so like you said that forced them to go mm-hmm. so pass happy and it, it, it was working early on when they were still they were running the ball a little bit but then as the season wore down um it just they were they just defenses knew what the ravens were trying to do so yeah i'm definitely looking for more balance um i didn't Again, I think I think with getting getting Gus back, getting Dobbins back, uh, using more of those heavy sets as you mentioned, that's when the Ravens did so much damage. So yeah, I'm definitely looking for more balance. And then I think as we talked about earlier, I think the defense being healthy is going to help them so much when they can rely on that defense to to keep them in games or if they get the early lead and then defense is just doing their thing. It's like yeah, they can just pound the ball, they can run, they play action, is uh, getting the linebackers biting up. Through, yeah, yeah, man, I'm getting excited thinking about it. But yeah, definitely looking for more balance. Um, people, as you mentioned, like what six, six, uh, in terms of six most uh, pass happy offense last year, people were like, wait, the Ravens, mm-hmm. they, they threw the ball that much? What? So yeah, it's just that again was the type of season it was last year. So I think they're best, they're playing their best football when um, they're balanced, they can uh, run the clock out of the end of games, people, people don't want to see Gus Edwards and Patrick Ricard, you know, fullback um, coming at you in in the hole uh, when when things are going well for the Ravens. So fewer teams run the ball like they do. And hopefully they can get back to that um, as their calling card this year. Yeah, I, I certainly think they do as well. And uh, so while we're talking about um, some of these expectations, you know, you guys pl- do play in a very tough division, right? So it's kind of trans- transition into what your expectations are just from a win total standpoint. So, you know, on average, you guys are projected for about nine, 10 wins this season. Um, and right there, second, third in the division, uh, you know, a lot of that was depending previously on whether or not Watson would play. We saw where today, I think he's suspended for 11 games. So I think we can kind of bank the Browns for last in that division right now. Yeah. I do think the Steelers will always be very competitive, always be very good. Cause that's just Mike Tomlin has proven us time and time again, that he will find a way to grind out um, yep. a winning record or, and you can't finish 500 in, anymore. So it's, it's <laughs> nine and eight or, or eight yeah. and nine. And, yep. you yep. know, he's, he's proven he'll probably get right to that um, on, on either side of 500, very close, even with a rookie quarterback. So what that leaves is kind of you guys in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I expect Baltimore to bounce back. I don't know that I expect them to win the division, but to be sitting there at nine and a half wins, I think that's a reasonable total. They have um, about, you know, the 11th easiest schedule uh, and, you know, the average lines projected about minus two. So you guys are favored in a lot of those. I think there's a lot of positive signs for Baltimore. So long as some of these improvements can take place, they can have some health on the field. Yep. I fully expect them to be right there with Cincinnati in terms of, potentially winning this division or going down to the wire by the season's end. What about you? 
Yeah, I'm in agreement with uh, just about everything you said. Um, with the win total, I'm probably taking the over if that's nine and a half. I think they get to double-digit wins. I think, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of guys who are going to be coming back from injury, and we have no idea how uh, they're going to respond. So it, I can see, in best-case scenario, if guys come back healthy, if the offense can mesh and the defense comes together, I can see a, a 12-win season. You know, what is that mm-hmm. now with the added game, 12-5? and five, I can see maybe things go well. And then worst-case scenario, you know, the offensive line's banged up. Guys are still coming back from injury, and they're going to be, you know, right in that wild-card hunt, maybe a 500 team. But, no, if I had to if I had to put money on anything, I'm saying the Ravens are, as you said, probably competing with Cincy for the division. Um and it's, it's just going to depend on can can they stay healthy? Can they uh, build off their early season successes they had last year? And, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to them against Joe Burrow. The Bengals had – you look at last year for them, they had probably just about everything that could have gone right did go right for them. I don't think they dealt with many injuries. Uh, Burrow obviously uh, you know, really came on strong towards the end of the season. Jamar Chase, there's wide receivers are – there's – three studs um really good team so i think it's just going to come down to the ravens and the Bengals who can stay healthy who's going to just be in a better position to succeed down towards the end of the season i totally agree with you on pittsburgh mike tomlin is such Mm -hmm. a good coach and that defense is always going to be a really solid defense i see them hanging around 500 um depending on the quarterback situation if you know if they get really good play from like kenny pickett or trubisky maybe they're you know fighting for the division but i got them around 500 then the browns as you mentioned with watson out they, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on the Browns, but we'll leave that for um, another, another, another podcast, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to come down to the Ravens and uh, the Bengals. And I will say um, the Ravens fans kind of always look to the Bengals as like a little brother. Like no one really took the Bengals mm-hmm. serious for too long. And the Bengals smoked the Ravens in two games last year. The first game, the Ravens were more healthy and it was decent game, but the Bengals ended up winning by like a touchdown or two. And then the second game was when the Ravens were all banked up. And I think Burrow threw for like 500 yards and they, they, they smoked us. I, I, I think you and I could have been playing cornerback out there. The Ravens were on like their sixth and seventh string corners, but um, I think that left a bad taste in a bunch of guys' mouths. And they, those, those Ravens Cincy games are going to be huge this year. And we'll probably if 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 one of those maybe it's there's a split there or if either team can win both games that's going to be huge for the division so totally in agreement just depends on how healthy um both teams stay and um, it'll be interesting to see if burrow can build off his you know big year two in the league and yeah it'll it's it's weird talking about cincy it's like ravens and cincy it's always been ravens Steelers or browns here and there but yeah it's an mm-hmm. exciting division um a lot of a lot of a lot of strong teams could see it going either way yeah, I mean, the AFC is just tough overall. I mean, just, just yep. so competitive. So I think, you know, to r- really secure a spot, you've got to borderline win your division because, yep. you know, there's a couple divisions there that could e- put put in, uh, you know, a couple wildcard contenders. Yeah. So the AFC West is like loaded yep. now when you're talking about multiple teams making the playoffs. So don't know, don't know what you have in the West. Obviously, the Bills, Chiefs, you know, kind of at the top mm-hmm. and seeing where seeing where the chips fall. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you guys opened the season up against uh, the Jets. You you talking a little trash to Jet up on this podcast? You got any shade yeah. to throw their way? Yeah, a little bit, but I can only throw <laughs> show I can only throw so much shade when they're probably starting Joe Flacco week one. I mean, depending on what happens with Zach Wilson, obviously with his injury, um, I, I can't throw a ton of shade at Joe Flacco. He's our guy, Super Bowl MVP. But um, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I can't even imagine thinking about Ravens playing. It's the first time they they will ever play Joe Flacco since he's left. They haven't played him, so that's just gonna be super weird. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like James is spread or James and the guys that jet up. Like I I see their tweets. I'm kind of like buying in. There's a lot of like hype building around them, but they're still the Jets, right? Like I, I just don't I don't I don't see the Ravens like getting if Joe Flacco if Joe Flacco beats <laughs> the Ravens week one, I'm gonna have to eat my words. But um when I saw I'll just say this. When I saw the Jets as our week one opponent, I, I felt pretty good about that. So I'll I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll toss it over to James and let him take it from there in yep. like a in a separate podcast. But absolutely Oh uh, man, Jeff, I appreciate you jumping on here, man. This has been a fun one. I feel like uh, it's we we just gone half an hour and didn't feel like it. It's all, always fun conversation. Enjoy having you on. Um, you guys go check him out if you want to hear uh, some more Ravens talk at Raven Up Pod on Twitter. You can find him at rosteratmedia.com slash Ravens. And of course, if you ever want to hear some dad talk, little little double aired faction antibiotics going on here. Maybe yeah. that's just me and you, Jeff. You know, with uh. With so, the kid problems. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just us. But yeah, we're working on that second podcast, that uh, that dad podcast. But um, yeah, I'll always love uh, catching up with you, Cody, and I uh, hope I can join you during the season a little bit and catch up some more. Oh, absolutely, my man. Much appreciated. Uh, you can check us out at Roster Up Media and rosterupmedia.com. I've uh, been previewing all the teams across the NFL. You got plenty more to roll out following this one as well. We'll have everything wrapped up uh, by the end of uh, training camp. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everybody.